Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, February 26, 2017. The share ID numbers for Friday, February 24th, are as follows. For 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 9656. And for 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9657. Today, A Vision for You presents From Agnosticism to Faith, How I Came to Believe. The premise of the 12 steps is that a spiritual awakening is necessary in order to recover from our disease. The 12 steps, as outlined in the big book, represent a process resulting in a spiritual awakening. This is defined as a change in the way we think, feel, and act requiring intervention by a power other than ourselves. Our concepts of a higher power and God, as we understand him, afford everyone an unlimited choice of spiritual belief, growth, and action. We submit to a simple process that is not easy, yet takes us to a place we've never been nor even knew existed. The process of enlightenment is usually gradual or even slow. But in the end, our seeking always brings a finding. These great spiritual journeys that we embark upon are, after all, enshrined in complete simplicity. The willingness to grow is the essence of all spiritual development. Joining us this morning to share her journey of spiritual development is Kathy Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Kathy is dedicated to the 12 steps and to carrying the message of hope and possibility. Good morning and welcome, Kathy Kay. Thank you, Leah. Can you hear me okay? Yes, very okay. well. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'm so grateful to be here this morning. Um, to share my journey with you. And before I start, I'm going to say the third step prayer and another prayer, and you may join me in the first if you'd like to. God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and do with me as thy will. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. And God, please direct me to what you would have me be in order to be of maximum service to my fellows today. Thank you. First, I want to thank you, Leah, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, it's an idea that's been brewing for me for quite a while now um, to share my journey, especially with those who have found the spiritual uh, dimension of our program, which is the program I now know, um, elusive. Uh, because um, for many years, uh, I actually thought I was one of those who was constitutionally incapable of getting this program. 
So I want to share my journey. I'm going to just briefly tell you um, where I came from, who I was when I got to program. And uh, then uh, in three different chapters of my journey, I will point out how the big book and this fellowship um, has enabled me to build a vital connection with a higher power, who I now call God. I came to this program in 1993. I was, at that time, a very high achiever with a vital career, a husband and a young son, And a very important piece of who I was at that time was that I lived 80% of my waking hours in anxiety. And I was killing myself with food. Um, I had been diagnosed about six years earlier with type 1 diabetes. Um, And because I was a compulsive overeater, I was not able to stick to a food plan to ensure uh, good self-care around my blood sugar. Um, This actually is what developed my interest in OA. I did not have a lot of weight to lose, but um, I certainly had a problem with food. The other piece of my history is that uh, I grew up in an upper-middle-class Jewish family in New York. Uh, We had many ethnic traditions, Jewish traditions, um, but no prayer and no spiritual practice. In fact, in my family, um, money, status, achievement, and self-reliance were core values. So um, given this background, um, I was not seeking a spiritual program. Um, I thought that um, I was on the right path because I was in a thriving career. I had proven to myself that I had a tremendous amount of self-reliance. but I was quite unhappy and burdened um, by a lot of negativity. In fact, I really was a walking model of the four horsemen that we read about on page 151 in the big book. I lived in terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. And I started each morning Uh, with a lot of anxiety and negativity. I can remember my husband saying to me a few times uh, during our early marriage and before I got to program that he didn't understand me. Um, he, He noted that I had everything going for me, a thriving career, a loyal husband, a lovely son, good health and other things, Um, and yet I was still so negative, and he just did not know what to do about that, and um, 
he's, you know, he in his own way was trying to be honest with me uh, to see whether I could um, take a look at this. And thus I started uh, many years of therapy um, in which I did um, develop tremendous self-awareness about my family of origin, about some of the experiences that contributed to my anxiety, um, but uh, never was really able to address these problems in a manner that brought about peace and serenity. I came to my first meeting, and this is uh, the section of my talk uh, that is about abstinence, but no recovery. Um, I came to my first meeting in 1993, and uh, this was in Framingham, Massachusetts. There were about, at that time, 100 people at this OA meeting. It was a very strong meeting. And uh, I heard a lot of recovery in that room. I also heard people talking about how God had made it possible for them to recover. And I bristled at that. I was one who really scoffed at the mention of God. Fortunately for me, uh, many people at that meeting said to me, take what you want and leave the rest. And I know this is a phrase. I don't know if it's still used a lot, um, but it was certainly quite common back in the early 90s. Um, so I left behind the spiritual aspect as I saw it, um, and I purchased every piece of OA literature and read it cover to cover. I was a student. I was an academic in my professional life, so it made total sense to me that I would study every piece of literature and um, figure it out and then be able to graduate from OA. Obviously, this is not what happened to me. What happened to me is I made a lot of good friends in the OA rooms, and I had several sponsors over the years. I spent from 1993 to 2005 looking for the best food plan since nothing was keeping me absent for very long. I had a couple of times up to a year of abstinence, um, but then would come some life event or some experience that would cause me to go back to the food um, so I figured I didn't have the right food plan. Um, I tried 90 days. I tried how. I tried uh, primary purpose for a while. Um, and finally, I found gray sheet. Um, I was told that this food plan uh, would take out those We lost her. I don't hear her anymore.
I don't hear her either. I don't hear her either. She'll be back in a minute. Hi, Leah. Can I be heard? We can't hear the speaker, Leah. It's Mary Lou in California. You can be heard. We lost the speaker. Okay. I yes. can hear you. Kathy K. Star one to unmute. Or perhaps she just needs to call back in. So let's wait a moment. Leia? Yes. Shall I call back in? I can hear you now. Just continue. You left off a gray sheet. Kathy K, star one, unmute. Okay. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can, Kathy. Go ahead and continue, please. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, So I was studying the OA 12 and 12 and found that very helpful. Um, But I continued to... um, insist on self-reliance. I had no interest, really, um, in building a connection with a higher power. And this obstinacy uh, went on uh, right up until um, 2005. I think by that point, I really did believe that I was somehow constitutionally incapable of getting this program However, I had benefited quite a lot from my journey thus far. Um, I had learned a lot about the physical aspects of my disease. Um, I had made some wonderful friends. Um, I had done a fourth-step inventory and began to see my grosser handicaps. Um, So there were a lot of benefits there, but but still not a connection with a higher power um, that everyone told me was so essential to recovery. In 2005, two of my friends from OA uh, told me about the Hyannis Big Book Study. This was a big book study founded by AAs um, that had a very... uh, structured approach to studying the big book and working the steps. Thank goodness that this um, big book study required those who attended the meetings not to speak at all until we had completed steps one to nine. So uh, I went to meetings uh, for quite a while before I even became willing to work the steps in the big book. Um, Remember, I was scoffing at the idea of a higher power. And quite frankly, when I first looked at the big book, it read like Greek to me. I could not identify 
um, I, I continued to think that the OA 12 and 12 was the right uh, reading material for me and that I was getting what I could from it and going as far as I could with it. I then became willing, after listening to testimonies for about six months at the Hyannis Big Book Study meetings, to ask someone to be my big book sponsor. As we read the doctor's opinion together, I finally accepted the truth about my disease, that it was twofold, a physical, that it, there was a physical component and a mental component. Now, I knew about the physical component um, since day one. Interestingly, though, I did not understand the uh, spiritual malady at all. So uh, in the study of the doctor's opinion, certain statements uh, in that chapter stood out for me. In all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. Another statement, one feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Now, I knew that I needed a psychic change because I was still, although my anxiety had reduced somewhat, I was still quite an anxious person. Um, I was still basically the person I brought into the rooms in 1993 with a little bit of tweaking, um, so life was a little bit better. But I knew that there was something about the way I thought that contributed to my anxiety and difficulties living and accepting life. Um, the end of... The doctor's opinion, Dr. Silfworth says, I earnestly advise every alcoholic to read this book through, and though perhaps he came to scoff, he may remain to pray. And boy, am I uh, grateful to be able to say to you today that I did remain and I did develop a spiritual connection, which I never thought was possible for me. And I do think the first step in this was um, to become willing to work with a sponsor um, and to really study the big book and identify in with it. I was not ready to do that until I saw and witnessed the transformation of several of my OA friends who uh, became students of the big book. Um, they were transformed. They were uh, at peace in a way I had not seen in anyone else. As I read Bill's story, um, although I had read it before, um, my sponsor asked me to really try to identify in. Um, I realized after reading pages 1 to 8, which is the story of Bill's demise to his bottom, I realized that I still had not gone beyond uh, recognizing my disease 
to uh, actually improving my state of being through a spiritual awakening. Although I had made good use of therapy, I was not able to change myself. What was given to me in working, uh, in reading Bill's story with my big book sponsor, um, were, were the statements from Bill on page 11, 12, and 13, why don't you choose your own conception of God? I guess that came from Ebby, actually. Um, and it was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make a beginning. Um, and Bill said he began to see how God's presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors mostly within himself. At that time, I told my sponsor, um, I was trying to be really honest, and I said, I really don't have any connection with a higher power or any belief that I could have a higher power. Um, she suggested that I reach out to fellow travelers and ask them how they came to believe. And um, that's one of the reasons I'm sharing today, because I believe that that was pivotal for me, to hear that others had also found God to be out of reach. And it was through efforts on their part um, to uh, seek a higher power that they began to make progress. So here's what I began to do. I began to read a spiritual meditation each morning out of one of our uh, daily readers. I started to write on that meditation. I would say the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer along with those two other actions. And that was about it. And then I would go about my day. That in itself was not easy for me to do because um, not only was I a compulsive overeater, but I was an addictive personality in my work life and elsewhere. So when I got up in the morning, the way I quelled my anxiety was to go to my desk immediately and get something accomplished. And my sponsor was asking me to spend 10 or 15 minutes in the morning reading a meditation, writing on the meditation, um, and saying my prayers. And I did that. I did that every day because I was following her directions, not feeling anything different until one day and then one week, um, I didn't do it for a few days, and I didn't feel as well and as peaceful as when I did do it, and I began to look forward to this practice, um, this very small practice, such that when I sat for 15 minutes and did what I just outlined, my day went better than when I didn't. There was a kernel of truth that was to grow um, over time. As I read, there is a solution and more about alcoholism. 
Um, I saw examples, and I could no longer deny that um, uh, there was something in seeking every morning for 15 minutes that was benefiting me. Um, That was the beginning of my journey to a spiritual life. Uh, Very, very slow, and I would go for days when life got too busy without practicing my morning ritual. Um, Because I did that, uh, skipped it occasionally, life uh, would get bumpy, but I managed to get through um, the first nine steps with my big book step study sponsor abstinently. Um, My first study of the big book, as I see it today, helped me break through my denial. Um, I realized for the first time that I had no choice but to uh, explore the spiritual program that was uh, laid out in the big book. Um, When we read the We Agnostics together, it was clear to me that the bedevilments on page 52 described me perfectly. I still had trouble with personal relationships. I couldn't control my anxiety and ups and downs emotionally. I was prey to misery and depression, um, and I had a lot of fear. Um, Fear was probably the most common emotion that I had, fear that I would fail at work, fear that um, people wouldn't love me the way I needed to be loved, fear of losing control over things that I had to deal with in my life. Um, So clearly, um, I was still the same person that I had brought in with me, even to the Hyannis Big Book study. Um, as we finished We Agnostics in my study with my big book sponsor, um, I was beginning to absorb what it says on page 51, the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. They present a powerful reason why one should have faith. I really shifted Uh, from bristling with antagonism to being more open-minded on spiritual matters. Um, And I was encouraged by what it says on page 46. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we began to get results even though it was impossible to fully define or comprehend that power. Um, My sponsor guided me to see that faith is a decision. Um, And also that just as I um, uh, made a decision to worship career achievement and financial security and self-reliance, I could choose to worship a higher power, but that was so difficult for me because I could not see it, touch it, hear it, 
Um, but I did find myself more willing to take those 15 minutes every morning and to notice that when I didn't, I didn't feel as effective or peaceful in my life. By the time I finished through the the, uh, 12 steps this first time around, I noticed some amazing things. Um, I had uh, let go of so many resentments that I had had towards my husband. I began to see my character defects, my needs to control, my tendency to judge him uh, severely, um, my self-pity. And in doing the turnarounds of the fourth step and seeing my part, the resentment just melted away. My fears were reduced somewhat. Um, I didn't yet um, know how to practice step 10 effectively, but I had done a fourth step in which I examined all my fears, and there too I began to see how my self-reliance did not work. I was more patient and had more acceptance when things didn't go my way. So I would say that by the end of this first study of the big book, um, I had made quite a bit of progress. And perhaps the most important thing of all is that I had more willingness and I was more open-minded. I should note, however, that um, somehow I did not get it. Um, that I had to live in steps 10, 11, and 12 if I was going to uh, live in recovery. This third uh, chapter of my recovery, which I mark beginning uh, in 2010, uh, helped me uh, to um, accept that I would have to really, really work at my recovery, that it wasn't something I could say I had achieved by having gone through the 12 steps abstinently. In 2009, my dad passed away, and I broke my abstinence. Um, Fortunately, I got right back on, but I noticed that um, this was the same pattern I had had since 1993, and I was kind of perplexed by it. Um, But the truth is that I was very busy. I wasn't practicing prayer the way I had been. I also was too busy to do daily 10 steps or nightly reviews. And I chose not to be sponsoring other people because of how busy I was just making time for my own program while working full-time at a career and raising a family. I didn't realize that I was actually um, working half measures when it came to living in the 12 steps. Um, So uh, when I got to um, Vision for You, 
I decided I would um, start with another sponsor. My other sponsor and I kind of parted ways, not by any animosity or anything, but I just didn't feel like I needed her (laughs) once I completed the steps. Um, Little did I know that I was going to um, fall back on some old patterns. Um, so uh, that began a period of reworking the steps. And I want to say that Vision for You was so important because when we started in 2012, um, it gave me the opportunity to really start studying the big book again. For me, this period that I, I label enlarging my spiritual life came with a genuine openness to learn from fellow travelers. Um, Not only was I willing again and saw the necessity to sponsor other people in order to keep my own recovery, but I also uh, became very interested in learning from other students of the big book. I did the 12 steps with another sponsor, Envision for You. I did the 12 steps with Herb K over a year and a half of study. And I did a weekend of the 12 steps with Lori C, who we all know uh, from uh, special editions and seeing him. Um, Lori, I have to give him credit uh, because he was the first person in our community to uh, say out loud he was a skeptical agnostic, um, but he still had a relationship with a higher power. And boy, did that catch my attention because I knew deep down that I was still an agnostic, although I was trying very hard to act as if. And um, Lori was the one who shared at this weekend 12-step retreat um, how he defined his higher power, and it was based on core values that he wanted to live up to. And um, that really had an impression on me that I could define, as it had said in the big book, I could define my conception of a higher power. And Lori really showed me how to do that. So at that point, which is now only a few years ago, here is how I defined my higher power. I defined it as um, a force within me that's wise, caring, and protective of my well-being. Something that's able to show me the next right action in every situation I face. My higher power loves me unconditionally, even when I make mistakes, is always accepting of me, even when I am down, resentful, or self-doubting and encourages me when I face obstacles and helps me to walk through my fear. I continue to um, add to and modify this definition as I continue on my spiritual journey. 
and I remind myself, and it's this is in the big book, that the re- there are good reasons to believe in a higher power. First of all, it's worked for others. Um, secondly, we've all believed and had faith in something. Uh, for me, it was financial security and career achievement and family security. And those had worked in my life, but not to the point where I was able to maintain long-term abstinence and find serenity on a daily basis. So um, it was just a matter of becoming willing to uh, redirect my faith to this higher power. And I began to do that. And as I began to do it, the promises of step nine and step 10 began to come come true. Um, It says on page 83, if we are painstaking, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. Finally, we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. And finally, this was beginning to happen for me now that I was implementing um, more uh, rigorous disciplines on a daily basis. I began um, once again to uh, practice step 10 and 11 on a daily basis. Um, You know, I thought I had been doing this, but really uh, they always got knocked out of my day um, due to a demand at work or a family matter. I always was able to put aside my disciplines um, when life got busy. Those worldly clamors would just come back. And for me, the shift that's come about as a result of these multiple step studies that I've done um, is that I now really truly believe that my program has to come first and that to live in steps 10 and 11 and 12 on a daily basis is absolutely essential to my well-being. I've gotten a lot from Don C. and his qualifications and shares on the special edition as well as his blog. Um, He helped me to fill out more of my daily practice of step 11. So it's no longer just 15 minutes in the morning like my first big book sponsor asked me. Um, I do a lot more than that. Sometimes it's only 15 minutes, but more often than not, it extends longer. And the other critical thing about Step 11, it's not just a morning activity. Um, As it says in the big book, um, I pause at the first sign of discomfort throughout my day. Um, And I'm getting much better at that as well. Sometimes I need a friend to remind me that I need to pause. I have a couple of fellow travelers who know me very, very well who will point out to me when I have fallen back into my agnosticism and out of my faith. 
I have a good friend who has on several occasions told me that um, when I describe a tenth step, perhaps a resentment towards my husband, that uh, I'm not yet reaching uh, to God to guide me on how to behave instead. I'm trying to solve the problem on my own. And those small reminders from fellow travelers really, really make a big difference. So um, I'm reading more widely spiritual literature. Um, I am also uh, once a week uh, doing a study of Bible passages with one of my fellow travelers, which is amazing to me, given my background. I don't think I ever cracked the Bible until very recently, and I, I am finding, again, through this additional resource, tremendous um, richness and change in how I think about myself and my life. Um, My responses to life are changing, um, and that's how I know that I'm living in recovery. And I've been abstinent um, for uh, four and a half years as well, which I never had before. Now, I do want to say that um, there are days when I fall into self-pity or resentment. And when that first happened to me, or fear, um, when that first happened to me after I completed my more recent uh, travels through the big book, um, I got a bit of panicky that maybe I was not recovered. But I really believe today that um, those episodes are my humanness, and they actually create opportunities for me to seek out God's help. If I were always at peace, I might forget that I need God um, to help me on a daily basis. Um, So it's these moments of despair that motivate me. Um, to uh, seek out my higher power and his will for me. Um, The promises of Step 11 on page 87 and 88 really have come true for me. What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely on it. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become more efficient. We do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly, as when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. That does describe my experience today, most of the time. But I am human, and I do have moments, hours, or sometime a full day when um, negativity takes over. Uh, But I am so grateful that my faith does sustain me and my fellows remind me 
that um, at any moment I can uh, seek my higher power and ask for the next right action or how he would want me to be. So I'm going to start summing up by saying um, the miracles in my life are many. Um, My relationship with my husband, Peter, um, is so much better now than it ever was. Um, I have so much patience and gratitude for him and for our shared life. Um, With my son, Jason, um, I am less controlling. I no longer think I know what's best for him. I know instead that he has his own higher power. And so I can be uh, less impatient and more accepting. Um, In my work life, um, I have found... Um, that instead of worrying about whether I'm good enough, what I'm focused on in my work is how can I be of service to others. My self-care is much better now. I'm not willing to burn the candle at both ends as I get older. Um, And uh, service doing work with other compulsive overeaters is perhaps the most important thing in my life, and I really look forward to it. Um, That, along with my relationship with my higher power, who I now call God. So those are many miracles. Um, Just, I would say, in this last uh, five-year period um, that I have experienced, Um, Finally, I I will say that I'm in a major life transition right now. I recently retired from my full-time career, which was such a focus of my life for more than 35 years. So I have a lot of uncertainty um, about my future, and, you know, in years past, that would cause me tremendous anxiety But today, I'm looking forward with optimism and hope. I'm using this transitional period to spend more time with God and reading more spiritual literature. Um, And I have a lot of faith that um, God will guide me and direct me to my next uh, steps in life. So really, um, I do feel that I've been transformed. I could not say that in 2005 or even in 2010. Um, But since um, I joined Vision for You and really started um, investigating my spiritual life as much as I could, um, I've really reaped the benefits of doing so. Um, And I do hope that uh, in sharing my journey today that some of you who may um, have scoffed at the idea of God uh, will um, uh, experience a bit more willingness as a result of hearing my journey. And I think with that, I'll pass. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Kathy Kay, for sharing 
your inspirational story and spiritual journey and personal insights with all of us today. Thank you so much. Contact information for Kathy Kay or any inquiries or further information regarding anyone else mentioned or programs mentioned will be attended to at the conclusion of this recording, so please keep that in mind. And we'll now transition uh, to a question-answer segment. If you have a question for Kathy, please press star 1 to unmute and announce yourself. Please. San Diego. Who's in San Diego? Jamie W. Jamie W. Who else? Joanne Joanne L. Joanne L. Sue G. Sue G. Mary R. Mary Lee R. Who did I miss? Andy. Andy. Sandy. Sandy, thank you. Okay, if everybody could mute except for Jamie W., and also, when you're speaking, remember, uh, speakerphones create an echo. Okay, thank you. Everybody, star one to mute, except for Jamie W. Go ahead. Jamie W. San Diego? Yes. Compulsive of the Eater. Thank you, Leah M. Thank you, Kathy K., um, for your very helpful story about from agnosticism to space. My question, in what way did knowing the physical component, the allergy, help you embrace the program? I'll pass. Yeah, um, understanding the physical allergy was very important. Um, And in fact, when I first came, uh, you know, I just took on the food plan that was offered at the OA meeting I attended, um, which as it turns out, years later, I realized I had to give up some other foods um and over time my abstinence has become more and more clearly defined um and i consider that essential uh to my program because it's only with having the food in place that i'm maximally available for spiritual guidance i hope that answers your question thank you very much Jamie W and Joanne L. Star one time mute. Hi, this is Joanne L. from Rhode Island. Kathy, thank you so, so much. I love you. Honest to God. And your share was beautiful. I have a question. When you got cut out, um, when we couldn't hear you, you were beginning to tell us about the gray sheet. So I'm just wondering about what you were going to say about that. And today, where did you go for your full program today? Did you go to a nutritionist? That's it, I pass. Just to interject here, I I believe that that would best be handled, um, anything specific like further discussion on gray sheet itself, please handle that off the line. Thank you. Okay, I'll just mention, Leah, that ultimately I did go to a nutritionist um, because I don't think there's any one food plan that's best for everybody. Uh, and that's what I tell my sponsees to do as well. And there are some nutritionists around who um, work with food addicts. So I can give you a name if you're interested offline. Thank you. Thanks, Joanne L. Sue G. Hello. 
Um, hi, this is Suji. Thank you so much, Kathy. Um, my question was also about when you got cut off about gray sheep, so I'll pass. Thank you. Mary Lee R. Good morning, Kathy, Leah, everyone on the line. Um, this is Mary Lee R. and Eugene Orkin in recovery for today. Um, yeah, I too came in on gray sheet. Thank God we have choice and different. Um, anyway, my question is like, I get the sense that you might have an emergency spiritual toolkit for when something throws you off kilter. What what do you go to? Does that make sense? Sure. Um, you know, I have a list of things that I uh, turn to. Um, uh, that here's the list: going to God and asking for help in prayer, especially for the next right action. Um, picking up the phone and calling a recovered fellow traveler um, and talking about uh, what's upsetting me. Um, writing out a tenth step uh, about the discomfort and then calling a fellow traveler and reading what I wrote um, and getting feedback. I would say those are the major tactics that I use um, when I get upset. Now, what's interesting is uh, sometimes I'm not willing to take any of those actions at first, and I have to kind of sit in my misery and self-reliance for a while, if I'm totally honest. Um, and that's why sometimes my negativity uh, can take up a whole day if I'm not careful. Um, uh, but I know once I start using these actions I just outlined that I will come to feel better and have a new perspective uh, within minutes or hours or a day. And I hope that answers your question. Mary Lee R., thank you. Uh, Nancy Ara, I have a question. Well, good morning to you, Nancy R. One moment. Let's catch Sandy first, and then we'll move on to you, Nancy. Sandy, star one to unmute. Sandy, star one to unmute, unless I had the name incorrect. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. Thank you for your qualification. And I had two questions. One is about fear and whether that still pervades your life and uh, the differences you've seen in that area internally. And the second is I have a lot of difficulty believing in a higher power that can restore me to sanity. I believe in a higher power but doubt, have doubts about whether it could restore me to sanity. And that's it. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you, Sandy, for your questions. Um, 
the truth is I still fear is still one of my uh character defects. I thought it would go away when I finished my last step study process, but it's still with me. It's very deeply rooted in um my childhood experience and so um when it comes up I I really do I do a turnaround on it um which involves looking at where it started looking at how I'm being self-reliant um and then asking the question how would God if I were to rely on God what would I do instead or be instead um and usually it what's happened over time is i'm able to see my self reliance which is often habits of thought negative habits of thought like i'm not good enough um i don't know enough um things that really reinforce the fear and i've become more willing to practice what i know god would want me to be which is to be more compassionate and loving towards myself and i notice that when i take the time to do that turnaround work um i i actually can start uh acting and thinking in a different way and the fear diminishes but of all the turnarounds i do on a weekly basis the large majority of them have to do with fear um all i can say is the answer to the question what would god have me be instead has gotten much easier for me to answer i didn't have a clue what that meant when i first started doing fear turnarounds in my step 4 But today the intuitive answer to that question comes to me much more quickly. Um you know, even when I got up this morning as a small example, I felt a little bit of fear about was was I well enough prepared to give this talk? And uh I immediately knew what God would have me be instead. um and and what he wanted me to be instead was to take my normal quiet time and trust that all would be well because i had done my preparation which is very new for me in my old self would have obsessed right up until 8:25 about whether i was prepared enough enough so little by little the fear is lifting and um I hope that answers your question. I'd also be happy to have a call with you offline. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy S. Nancy R. Star one to unmute. Hi, thank you, uh, Leah and, and uh, Kathy K. Thank you so much for that awesome share. I mean, I got so much from it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'd like for you to address. Um, Uh, how how do you meditate okay um well i've tried many different ways um and i would say that's not the strongest part of my spiritual practice but i do do it um 
I took an online course on centering prayer, and uh, that helped me explore that process, which involves having a word that I use to quiet my mind. Um, So I've done that. I've also um, used my writing uh, on a, a written, a daily meditation from a reader. I will use the writing I do as my launch into meditation where I just sit quietly and think about the meaning of what I wrote and or read. Um, so those are the main things I do. Um, the main, For me, the most important thing is to be quiet and listen. And um, what I've learned from studying various methods is you know, the mind, our minds are very, very active, so we need ways to quiet the mind, whether it's through um, centering prayer, which involves focusing on a particular word, or um, just sitting quietly and letting thoughts come and go and focusing on a reading uh, that I've done that morning. I hope that helps. I'm not really an expert on meditation, and I do the best I can. And when I see new things related to meditation, I study them. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. Who else has a question this morning for Kathy? Star one to unmute. Leah, is that correct? Um, Mia with M as in Mary. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? Star one time mute if you have a question for Kathy. AJ. AJ. Melissa C. Melissa. Jenny S. Last initial S. I didn't catch your first name. First name is Jenny. All right. Okay, let's go with that, beginning with Mia, please. All right, thank you. Um, Thanks so much for your share. Uh, And I am not familiar with the term turnaround, and I was wondering if you could um, elaborate and define that. Thank you. Sure. Um, A turnaround is something that is described in the big book. I don't know if they actually use the word turnaround, but it's in step four, um, how how it works in that chapter. I'm looking for the pages right now. Um, Yeah, if you look beginning on page 63... um, and read through um, 66, I believe. Um, it, it's A turnaround is composed basically of four questions um, which help us to see our own part in a particular resentment, for example. So the questions are, how am I being selfish? How am I being dishonest? How am I being self-seeking, and what am I afraid of? And as we look at each of our resentments, and then we look at each of our fears, 
we use these questions in order to see our part and how our character defects may be contributing to the negative feelings that we're having. So step four, according to the big book study process, is about examining uh, all our resentment, fears, and harms done to others from that point of view. That's what a turnaround is. And um, actually, you know where it is? It's exactly on page 67. I just found it. Um, this first, the second full paragraph, uh, putting out of our minds the wrongs others have done, we resolutely look for our own mistakes. Where had we been selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and frightened? That is a turnaround. I hope that helps. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Mia. AJN, your turn. Star one to unmute, AJ. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, very well. Hi, I'm AJ. I just was wondering what advice you would give someone who is um, really returning after relapse and who's also struggling with higher power. Um. Well, uh, in general, I would suggest finding a sponsor who can help you uh, work through the steps um, the way we work on them at Vision for You, reading closely the big book. I don't know. Have you done that before? AJ? Yes. Sorry. Oh. I, I'm, I muted again. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yes, some. Yeah. Um, usually, it's good to go back with a sponsor. You might not go through them in the same way, but usually, if you've been struggling with relapse, something was not um, uh, completed in step one, um, and that's the why going back. To the beginning of the book is a good idea. And so, you know, if we think about step one as being about complete honesty, complete acceptance of our powerlessness and of our unmanageable life, um, that, those are tall orders. I certainly didn't get it the first time around, and that's why I had to go back. Um, and that's why I regularly go back, if not in working with my sponsees and in other step study. So I would I would just recommend um, finding a way to revisit the earlier steps, um, and not by yourself, but with a sponsor or uh, a workshop opportunity of some kind. Um, and I'd be happy to talk with you offline as well. Thank you. Thanks, AJ. Melissa C. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Um, thank you so much, Kathy. I got a lot out of um, your share. And, you know, specifically you had mentioned um, that it wasn't just the work 
in the morning, but that evening work um, was required as well. And it's just, um, that's something that I struggle with. And I'm just curious what, um, you know, the end of your day kind of work would look like. That's a great question because, um, you know, it says we do a nightly review in step 11. And for a few years, Melissa, I was not able to do that because I was exhausted by this end of dinner. Um, There was no way I was going to do my 11-step review after that. Uh, And so I just didn't do it. And fortunately, a fellow traveler suggested to me one day, why do you have to wait till you're exhausted? Why don't you do it at five in the afternoon before dinner? Um, And so I became willing to do that. And to this day, um, more often than not, I do my my nightly review um, before dinner. But sometimes after dinner, and the other thing I'll say is sometimes it's more thorough than others and more necessary, depending on what the day was like. Um, So I'm not by no means perfect at it. I do have, and this was really helpful to me, I have uh, in place an accountability mechanism. So I have a fellow traveler who I send actually I have two people now that I send my nightly review to. Um, and they don't necessarily respond to it, but I know that they're expecting it. Um, so that helps me to be more accountable for doing it. Um, uh, there's also uh, a an uh, uh, informal group called the 10th, 11th Step Train, which helps people partner with fellow travelers um, to do their nightly reviews, and that's another option as well. So um, I find it hard to keep it going by myself. I think that's the bottom line to my answer. And having a partner uh, who knows I'm doing it it helps a lot. Um, And I assume you know about the spiritual toolkit, which uh, is an online uh, version of the nightly review, so you can write it up right on your phone if you want to. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Jenny S. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. And my question um has to do with what you were sharing before you got cut off. And I think you were sharing that you were struggling to stay abstinent, so you were looking for all these different food plans to help you with that. And my question is, did the nutritionist help you with that, or was it something else? Well, for several years, I just went from one food plan to another. The last one was Gracie. um, and I stayed on the gray sheet food plan for about five years, but I was still breaking my abstinence. Um, so th- what you missed when I got cut off is that ultimately, in my opinion, um, 
there is no one best food plan. What we need is a food plan that's right for our bodies at this stage of our lives. And that's how I decided to work with a nutritionist who understood food addiction. Um, And once I did that, combined with disciplined study of the 12 steps as they're laid out in the big book, that's what's enabled me to uh, stay abstinent and stay in recovery. Um, I should also mention that um, I think it was Esther C. in her special edition talked about how our abstinence may change uh, over the life course, and I fully anticipate that for myself because as I get older, my physical needs change um, And so I will consult the nutritionist when I feel like maybe I need to reduce my food or change my food in some way. And it's in that partnership that I make sure I have the best possible food plan for me. And I hope that answers your question. Yes. Thank you, Jenny. And, of course... Always recommended further study of the doctor's opinion for more information regarding that. Any additional questions for Kathy K? Star one to unmute. Star one to unmute. Any further questions for Kathy? Marie P. from Alabama. Marie P. Anyone else? I'll take the silence as a no. Marie P., you'll present the final question for this morning. Good morning. My name is Marie P. I'm a recovering uh, compulsive overeater from Alabama. And my question is, um, I'm pretty new to Vision for You and um, OA in general. I've only been attending meetings since uh, December of 2015 and with a Vision for You since November. And um, I frequently hear um, people talk about um, the, the power greater than themselves, but then I hear people say it's a power within themselves and so it's a little bit confusing to me, and I thought maybe, Kathy Kay, you could give your perspective on that. Thank you. And I'll pass. Sure. You know, that's such a great question. Um, I uh, originally was looking outside myself for a power greater than myself. Um, I, don't, I don't know why exactly, except that... Um, I had somehow uh, learned that God is something in the sky or something out there uh, that's greater than me. And that just didn't work for me. Um, And what I I, I then heard some people talk about um, the divine being within ourselves. And actually it even says in the big book, and I'm not quite sure where, deep down within every man, woman, and child is um, a power greater than ourselves. Um, 
that just it just resonated with me. It also resonated with um, the therapy that I had done, where uh, a therapist had um, helped me to understand that I had a higher self, that part of me that was um, wise and good and uh, caring for my well-being. And somehow that combined with what I read and what I heard led me to shift my search from something out there to something within myself. Um, And it's such a good question, and I... You know, I just encourage you to um, keep asking the question and just see what makes most sense to you, um, and you will find your higher power where you're you're meant to find it. Um, I hope that helps. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marie P., and thanks to everybody who asked questions this morning. And, of course, thank you, Kathy Kay, for such a rich and beautiful testimony describing your spiritual growth as a result of these 12 steps. Thank you very much for such a message of hope and possibility. We're going to close from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.